of a blessing with the understanding that there's something to be found in his word that there's something that as humans we are lacking and that with uh, his word we can gain it and I was thinking about this and um, this is something that's been um, um, I've been sitting with for a few weeks and um, the phrase that has come to me is where could I go but to the Lord. And I was thinking about this and um, what I'm thinking about in particular, some might say that um, we can bring every problem to the Lord and I would agree with that. But specifically, I'm thinking about there are certain problems in the world that our society has agreed that we do not have an answer to. That our society has agreed that we don't have a cure for, if you will. And this is the area I want to focus on that when you find yourself in those situations, that you can go to the Lord. Now, everyone doesn't know this. Everyone doesn't know that they can go to the Lord in these situations. But I'm here to, I hope that by the end of this devotion, the end of this study, that we realize that when we find ourselves in those situations, that we can go to the Lord. My mind goes to when um, I remember I was teaching and uh, Alicia called me, and I remember I did that little quick text that said, can I call you later? And she texted back and said, no, I don't think you can. My, I think mommy had a stroke. I remember sitting there thinking. I was sitting there with a class in front of me. They, they had no idea of this text that I just got. They had no idea of what I was feeling in my body. And I was thinking about it, and you know, my, my gut response is to run out the door, get in the car, and drive to the hospital. But I wasn't able to do that. But what I was able to do is call upon the Lord and realize that in that moment that that was the best thing I could do. That was the, that was, you know, I felt like my hands were tied. I wanted so bad to go out the door and to go and, and, and help the situation. But even if I could do that, I'm an hour and a half away. But I could go to the Lord instantly. I'm talking about that area that even though that there's, I want to be clear here, there's tons of things that the medical profession has designed to help folks with strokes. But if you talk to a doctor right when you have a stroke and say, what is the chances that I'm going to have a full recovery? They can't answer that. How much of a movement am I going to get back? They're not going to answer that. They can't answer that. But we can go to the Lord and ask him, I want a full recovery. We can go to the Lord and say, bless me with whatever the outcome may be. We can go to the Lord and he will bless us with that. I was thinking about this and, you know, sometimes it's little things and sometimes it's big things. I was thinking about, um, I want to preface this story with, uh, I don't like small spaces. Um, I, I don't, you know, when I, when I get something in front of my bed, I, I, don't like, I don't like small spaces at all. 
makes me feel very uncomfortable. When I fly, once, that, once I intellectually know that the door is shut, I have to keep myself active so I don't like start to panic. Another day I was with, uh, with Jay all day and um, we went to this restaurant because um, we were both really hungry and we're sitting down and I was very excited because we're having some one-on-one -on -one time with Jay and, and we're working on potty training Jay so Jay says, uh, Daddy, I need to go to the restroom. I'm like, okay. So I take him to the restroom, use the restroom, everything's going smooth. And uh, I go to uh, the one-person restroom, open the door, and the door doesn't open. And so um, I think, oh, maybe it's locked. I check it, it's unlocked. I go to the door, it doesn't open. Now, I want to be clear that at this moment, my blood pressure starts to rise because I do not like small spaces. And so I really start shaking the door, and the door doesn't um, budge. And I begin to think, am I going to need to yell out? Is someone going to come, or what's going to happen? And, uh, and this is where um, it came to me that I could go to the Lord and pray. As in maybe in that moment, of course, intellectually, I had a phone. I could have called the restaurant, but I needed to calm down. And in that moment, there was no one there but me and Jay and God. And, uh, and I was able to, to, to begin to pray and calm myself down. And I tried the lock several times and jiggled the door and finally it came open. <laughs> and we were able to get out and we may view that as a small thing. Yeah. But one thing I want to be clear is that I was able to call on the Lord. Yeah. So many times when we think about this, I want to be clear that we're dealing in the realm that our society has agreed that we don't have an answer. We don't have a conclusion. We don't have a, um, an answer. And um, the scriptures that we will be looking at is Acts 16, 21 through 31, and John 11, 32 through 44, when we get there. And um, I was thinking about this very much, and I was thinking about the different things that, um, that our society doesn't have answers to. And I was thinking about cancer. And... Um, you know, um, if you catch cancer in the beginning, there might be options to cut it out. There might be options to do um, many different treatments. But sometimes we catch cancer and it's all through our body. And they will tell you that um, we don't have an answer for this. That at, at this point, we have to allow cancer to run its course. And what is so powerful about what God uh, was bringing forward to me is that even in these situations, we can call upon the Lord. Because one thing that um, in my devotion that became very clear is God is not subject just to the living world. That he, can, that he stretches beyond death. That he is working in a realm that is beyond our natural world. That, that he can bless us beyond that. That we can be on our dying bed. That this is the bed that we will die on. But we can still be worshiping and blessed by God because he is going to receive us on the other side, that he has a plan that goes beyond this, li this, this literal world, as my father used to say, that he has a plan that is phenomenal yeah. and perfect and intellectual and beautiful and all the things, all the, the words that we have, this plan is all of those things and some, if you will. And um, we're going to dig into the word and we're going to um, look at some of the uh, uh, situations that are illustrated in the word that I feel 
illustrates this topic and brings it alive in a different way, if you will. So let us, um, if someone wants to begin to read Acts 16 and 21. And teach customs, Amen. which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. Amen. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when he had laid many stripes upon them, Amen. they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Amen. Who? Having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison Amen. and made their feet fast in the stock. Let's stop right there for a moment. What's, what verse are you on? I am on 24. 24. We'll pick, up, we'll pick up at 25. Um, so as when we come into this story, realize that, that not only are they in prison, but their feet are fastened. That usually when you're in prison, you're at least able to walk around your, 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 your prison cell. But they want to make sure that with of certainty that they do not escape. And so they're not only in prison, but they're in the innermost part of the prison and their feet are fashioned. And I think about this situation. It's a pretty hopeless situation, but we can still go to God in this situation. The situation might be, um, it seems uh, um, there's no way out. That doesn't make sense on, 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 on multiple levels. Um, but we realize that, that God can bless us. Um, God can bless us in such a, a tremendous way. And so let us continue at 25. And at midnight, Amen. Paul and Silas prayed Amen. and sang praises unto God. Okay, let's stop right there. So even though they are in the situation, they are still praying. They understood this. They understood that um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a situation that they knew somebody that knew somebody that was going to come and get them out, but they knew that they knew God. Continue. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. Amen. Okay, let's stop right there. So they had the, 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 the understanding that they needed to pray. They prayed, and there was a beautiful, amazing event happen. And, um, and this is something that I think a lot of times um, um, God was bringing to me, is that sometimes we go through things because God wants the people around us to be affected. If you hear what the word said, it said that the other prisoners heard them praying. The other prisoners were affected by the prayer that maybe that God wanted them to be in that situation so that he could, he could spread the, 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 his word in that situation. Let us continue. And the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing the prisoners had been fled. Amen. But Paul cried out in a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Amen. Amen. Continue. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul's silence. 
and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do? Okay, let's stop right there. We're going to continue, though. Um, so it's such a beautiful thing because God opened up the doors, but they didn't even leave. Because God had another thing coming. He, he wanted something else to happen. He wanted the jailer to understand what was going on. He wanted the one that was, that was tasked with the job to keep them safe. He wanted them to see that I have the power to let them go, but they chose to stay so you, can, so you could hear the gospel. They chose to save his life because the jailer was about to kill himself. And he said, don't do that. We're still here. It's okay. Continue. Amen. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. So one thing I want to bring to us this morning is just like in the scripture, we have the same criteria. All we have to do is believe and we can have that power. And it's such a beautiful thing because here uh, these prisoners are. They're, 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 they're bound in the innermost area and the most secure the doors are open. They could leave, but they don't. They tell him all you have to do is believe in God. That they didn't have any malice towards him. They didn't have malice to the point that they couldn't pray for him. I think about this as such a powerful thing because I don't know if you've ever been done wrong, but sometimes God got to work on you a little bit. Sometimes when you know someone, even if they're just doing their job, but if you feel that they have done you wrong, sometimes it's a challenge to help them. Sometimes it's a challenge to be like, oh, yes, I have something that you need and I'm going to give this to you. But what they understood is it wasn't theirs. This is something that God has given to all mankind. It wasn't something that they needed to keep close only to them, that God had a plan when they got put in there to maybe save that whole jail cell. We don't know, but God knows. Continue. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be Amen. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord. Amen. And to all that were in his house. Amen. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and baptized he and all his straightway. Amen. Amen. So God opened up the, the prison. He had them stay there. They, they prayed for the jailer. His whole house got saved. He then took them out and took care of them because where we enter the story, what we didn't hear is before they were put in prison, they were beaten and, and they were bloody. And God said, you know what? I'm going to take care of your wounds too. I'm not going to just have you get out of the situation. I'm going to bless those that put you in there. They're going to actually clean your wounds. So you understand when we're following God's plan, he has it all taken care of. That regardless of the outcome, whether you go on to meet your glory or you stay on this, on this planet, he has a plan that will take care of you. He has a plan that's going to uh, gonna heal your wounds, if you will. He's going to, uh, um, and through that process, there'll be other people that are going to see it and be blessed. Let's continue a little bit further. Amen, amen. And when it was day, the magistrate, the sergeant saying, the magistrate sent the sergeant saying, 
Let those men go. Amen, amen, amen. In the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. Amen. Let us stop right there. We realize that God had a plan. From the time that they were beaten, dragged into prison to the intermost, and all of the steps that happened, he had a very specific plan to release them, to take care of their wounds, to save some folks in the process. And when we understand this, we can walk through the world, um, just like the song says, we can be reigning in this life. We can be reigning in a way that um, is, is not tethered to how much money is in your bank account. It's not tethered to your credit score or where you live. It is tethered to something that's beyond this world and something that can guide us through this world. And um, it's such a powerful thing. And um, as I was thinking about this, where can we go but to the Lord? When, 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 uh, when you go to the hospital and they say, we can do no more for you. When you go to your counselor and say, we can do no more for you, we can go to the Lord with an expectation of a blessing, with understanding they put the stars <laughs> in the sky. He cares about each and every one of us. Um, it's such a powerful thing. I, I'm going to tell a story that, that I've told before, but I'm going to tell it from a little bit different perspective, and I hope that you guys can go on this journey with me. When I was in high school, as you, a lot of you know, I was, um, uh, I was on the soccer team. And um, my sophomore year, we had, a, we had a very strong team, very good team. And um, we had uh, arguably the best uh, defense in the league. And I was a sophomore on this team. And what that means is um, everyone that was on the starting, uh, uh, um, there's 11 folks on the field, and all of them were seniors but me. I was a sophomore. So you can imagine as a sophomore, you know, I was, I was excited to be there, but I, I'm still growing up. I'm still developing as a young person and, and who I am. And early on, I remember we went to a, um, we went to a tournament in a Tascadero. And I had never heard of Tascadero at the time. And we went out there and this is, I want to be clear, the year before we literally lost every single game and the one game we won, we had to forfeit. So that's the team before. But we made some changes and, and at this tournament is where we realized that we had a pretty good team. And um, when you're not a strong team, you um, oftentimes, if you were not good the year before, when you go to a tournament, the home team will put you in their bracket because they, they're kind of padding their bracket so they think you're not that strong. And so we got to play a Tascadero, the team that was hosting, because our year four wasn't that good. Well, we beat them. And at, after the game, the coach asked if anyone wanted to pray, you know, pray, be the person that would pray for every single game. And I volunteered, mind you, I'm a sophomore, and I... Um, would pray before every game. And I'm still, I'm not only um, young, um, a young person, but I'm young in my spiritual walk. And um, so every single game we would pray, I would pray, we'd play the game. And uh, one thing about our coach, and some of the kids really struggled with this, is he would yell the whole game, constantly. When I say yell, giving direction, giving affirmation, some would say more direction, but he would yell the whole time. And uh, as the season went on, we would win. We were winning games after game after game. And it came down to the game before the finals. And we were playing a, a tremendous team. And this team, um, um, they had one player that had 42 points alone. Our whole team together had less than that. And um, this team, um, they were tremendous. And when you're playing at this level um, of, of soccer, um, usually if you get down by two points, there's very little chance that you're going to come back. 
And uh, we started this game, and within the first five minutes, he scores on us, which was very odd for us. We had one of the best defenses in the league. And, um, and then uh, um, shortly after that, I believe him or someone else scores another one. So at halftime, uh, um, we're down 2-0. I remember the coach had his little whiteboard, and he's talking, you know, Bryce, you got to do this, and, and, and Adam, you have to do this, and he's giving directions and all these different things. And we go back out there for another 45 minutes, and we play our hearts out, and we tie the game. And, and what I want to explain here is it was, it was, that was not supposed to happen. And so when you tie the game um, legally, we only can go into three overtimes because a soccer game is 94 minutes, and after that, kids will start passing out. So you only can go to three overtimes. And so um, I remember after the game, the energy was palpable. It was, it was a situation where um, you know, we're, we're going back to the huddle, and we're expecting the whiteboard to come out. We're expecting uh, um, the coach to give us directions, and none of that happens. He turns to me and he says, pray. And this is that great area that we're talking about, that it wasn't, uh, it was no more directions that were going to be given. I want to be clear here, um, and remember, I'm a sophomore on this team. I'm young in my spiritual walk. I want, I want to take you through what I was thinking in the moment. I was scared. I began to think, well, what if we lose the game? And they think that God had us lose the game. I was thinking so many things, but... I didn't really have a choice because they're all looking at me. I've been praying all season long. They said pray. So I pray. I can't remember this day what I said. But what I do know is God blessed, right? So we go into this first overtime and no one scores. The first overtime, it's a set time. I believe it's 10 minutes. And if someone scores, you have the rest of that time that is given to score again. But no one scores. And then we, um, we go, and when we come back to the huddle, he looks at me, and all he says is pray. So I pray again, and I pray for the team, and instead of saying break or whatever when we're done, they say amen, and we go back out to the field. And we, we play again for 10 minutes, and no one scores. And we go to the third and final overtime. After this, we go to shootouts, which we didn't want to do because we didn't have a strong goalie. And this last overtime, as soon as anyone scores, the game is over. And I go back, and I already know the coach is going to look at me. He's going to pray, say pray. So sure enough, that's what happened. We go back to the huddle. There's no whiteboard. There's no directions. Because what I realized at that moment, and I realize it now as a coach and as an adult, is we had exceeded everything our coach thought we could do. There wasn't any more directions that he could give us. There wasn't anything more that he had. All he had was pray, Bryce, pray. And so I remember I prayed the best I could. And we went out on that field. And we scored and we won that game. And that day, I know that those kids believed. I know that God had a plan that he wanted them to understand. He took us all the way to the third round of that overtime so they could see it. So they could feel it. And usually after a game, you line up and you shake hands. But that day, we didn't do that. Literally, the other team fell on the ground. Everyone rushed the field. It was pandemonium. And what I want to talk about is that God created that moment. And me, the little sophomore on that team, was able to grow a little bit that day. Let us jump into John 
11 and 32. Amen. Saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been been here, my brother had not died. Amen. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. Amen. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Let's stop right there. There's a couple things I want to bring forward. What verse was that you're on? 38. Okay, 38. We'll continue in just a moment. What I, where, uh, where the script, where we started, is he came to Jesus and said, if you were here, he wouldn't have died. It was, just, it was upset. There was understanding of the, the power of, of, of God, but it was upset that if you were here, he, he wouldn't be dead. Let us continue. Verse 39. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Amen. Amen. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. Okay, let's stop right there. As we read these scriptures, what we understand is there's a group of people following this, this happening. They've heard about Jesus. They realize his power. That's what they were saying, things like, if you can heal the blind, can't you, you know, help the situation? And what's so powerful is if God would have healed them while he still was alive, would they be there? Would they be listening? Would they be watching? Would they be wondering that God had a plan once again to show his power, to demonstrate his power for those that maybe if they didn't experience that would not believe regardless of the situation. Let us continue. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it. Okay, let's stop right there. He said I know you hear me always, whether I'm thinking it, whether I'm screaming it, or whether I'm saying it. And he's clarifying, it's being clarified here in the word that I am speaking in a loud voice so those around me can see and hear the power because they might need that physical representation of what is happening. Continue. Amen. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. Amen. Bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Amen. Amen, amen. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council 
Let's stop right there. Amen, amen. When I read this scripture, I began to think about death. And when I say death, I've been thinking about how God works in the realm of death. How God, as we have seen in the word, that he has um, brought folks that are physically dead to life. And he also can bring us when we're spiritually dead to life. That I don't, I sometimes wonder that sometimes we could be living in this world, but we could be spiritually dead, spiritually in a drought, spiritually uh, uh, in need of, of a great blessing. And he, can, and he can bless us with that. And um, I was also thinking about how absolute death is. That when someone uh, uh, is gone from this world and they have moved on to the afterworld and uh, um, thinking about um, how God... I feel is the, the bless, best antidote for that, that God can bless you when you are mourning. He can bless you when you are, um, uh, um, you are, dis, you are at a low point because a loved one has been, been, uh, uh, been either taken from you or is, is passed on. And I was thinking specifically about when my father died. I remember um, when the accident happened at the house and, and the ambulance came and the fire trucks came and and all the folks came, and uh, we were all in the house, and we were um, very obviously um, um, disrod and, 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 and struggling with the reality of the situation. And I remember the medical inspector came in, and the medical inspector is uh, tasked with the job of pronouncing death. And they came in to let us know that our father had died. And uh, they said... Um, is there anyone you can call? Is there any supports that you can call at this hour? And what we said is we can call on God. What we said is that God can, can hold us in this situation. What we said is that um, the line won't be busy when we call on God. What we said was we are going to pray. And we are going to, to get through this. From leaning on God. And I want to be clear here. I'm, I'm not against uh, uh, counseling. I'm not against uh, uh, um, all these different resources that we have. But I can tell you in that moment. There wasn't a counselor that I could get on the phone. I remember going to school. And they suggested that I get a counselor. And I tried. But I didn't have the funds to go through several counselors. I only had one option and it didn't work. And what I'm here to tell you is maybe you don't have the funds to get a counselor. Maybe you don't have the funds to go to the hospital or, or whatever it may be. But in his word, he said it's free. That all you have to do is believe. And I'm here to tell you as a testament that I've tried it and it works. I'm here to tell you that, that sometimes it is uncomfortable. It's not easy all the time. Sometimes we have to go through a battle and there's a reason like we saw in the word. Sometimes it's uncomfortable for a period of time, but we realize that there might be someone watching. 
There might be someone that cares, someone that needs to see it in a different way in order to believe. And God knows that specific way that that person needs to believe. And so when I think about death, I think about how God can hold us in that situation. When we call on God, we don't have to worry about if it's too much for them. I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with someone and they say, you know, this is too much. I, I can't handle this. So you have to stop the conversation because it's too much for them to handle. Or I don't know if you've ever talked to someone and the way that you're telling the story is taking too long. You're just going all over the place. And it's clear that they're getting bored. I'm here to tell you that, that God won't get too bored with your story. He won't critique you on, on your story structure. That he will listen to it. As long as you can talk, whether it be verbally or in your mind, he will listen to it. He will hear it. I work on a high school campus and sometimes there's some popular kids. And there's some other kids that maybe aren't popular. Well, God doesn't care if you're in the in-group or the out-group. He doesn't care if you're socially acceptable or not. What he understands is that, that mankind needs help. In order to get through this world that we need something beyond ourselves. We need guidance. We need something to lean on when everything is pulled out from under us. Yes, amen. I've heard people say that religion is a crutch. And those that can't handle life need it. But I've seen those same people rely on other things to get through life whether it be power, whether it be some external thing, we realize that God is saying that he can help you yes. with your situation. Yes. I'm not advocating that you don't get the other help that are available on this planet. What I'm saying is, is that right now when we look at uh, um, the situation, we know that we can call upon on God and he will hear our, our prayer and, and he, can, he can bless us where you are. That's what I'm advocating for. And I'm advocating this with the expectation that, that it's not going to always be easy. Just like the, the, the stories in the scripture that said they were in prison. They were in prison. Yes. They were, their feet were bound and they were in the innermost part. Yes. God didn't take that away. No. But he had them go through that and bless them through it so that other folks can be blessed. So let us remember that. I want to thank you so much for your time and attention. Um, and I hope that I deliver the word in the ways that, that it came to me. I hope it was beneficial to you in some way. Amen.